Welcome back to episode three of the Teach and Coach GA podcast. As always, I'm excited to share with you this week my interview. This time joining me, Bo Bryson, who I actually met while I was at Forsyth Virtual Academy. And Bo was going to be one of our new teachers teaching an online course for us. And then went to go sit down and meet him. And before I went, the the administrator told me, you're going to love Bo. And uh, he was right. I was I was gonna love Bo. Bo was outstanding. He was awesome and uh, did a great job while uh, while I was there working with him. But uh, Bo and I probably text just as much as I text with just about anybody. And I don't think I've ever seen Bo other than than twice, face to face, maybe three times total face to face. And uh, but uh, we have similar interests, similar stuff that we enjoy. Uh, he uh, is just an all-around just awesome guy and great educator and really excited for him to have a chance to be able to share his story with ed- in education and his uh, experiences with, with online education since joining that group. And, uh, and he has just a wealth of knowledge in that, in that area and just uh, a ton of great stories. Bo is a great storyteller and I hope that you enjoy uh, this week's episode. I know that, uh, that I had a lot of fun recording with him and then even going back and listening again and editing it, editing it later. So uh, really excited for you to have a chance to listen to Bo and, and hear his experiences in education. Before we jump into his episode, I do want to give a shout out to our sponsor, s'more.com, that allows you to create awesome and engaging newsletters that your stakeholders are actually going to read, which is sort of a big deal. Uh, they uh, are visually awesome and easy to put together. I've been a huge fan and user of s'more for a long time and uh, be sure to check out all the way to the end because uh, s'more has some great things coming up around the corner that you can take advantage of as a listener here to the teach and coach ga podcast all right let's jump into our episode with bo bryson super excited this week to have a chance to talk with uh, bo bryson who is uh, actually somebody i tried to uh, interview earlier in the podcast for season one and Shame on me. Bo was ready to record and I never showed up. So, uh, so Bo, welcome to uh, the podcast. Glad to be here. Daniel, long time listener. I've heard every episode and uh, finally excited to, to be on here. <laughs> Not only you've heard every episode of this, I think you've also probably heard most of the episodes of the, uh, the former podcast I did with uh, Atlanta Sports. So, uh, long time listener, first time caller. That's exactly right. Exactly right. <laughs> Uh, well, Bo, thank you again uh, for being here, man. Excited to talk to you. Uh, I've had the pleasure of uh, of knowing Bo and, and sort of seeing a little bit of what Bo does uh, in the classroom and and also with some of the things he does online. Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, excited to uh, to sort of see what he has to share with us this week. But Bo, before we get started on some of the questions, what uh, how did you get into teaching? How did you get started? What what's your background in education? Yeah, so uh, I think I wanted to teach. I knew I wanted to teach when I was in the seventh grade. Uh, I had a journalism class in the seventh grade, and one of the things that we had to do was um, kind of come up with our future career plans. And so in the seventh grade, my uh, future plans were I was going to go and be a point guard at Duke University, and then I was going to get drafted uh, by the Miami Heat, uh, number 14 <laughs> overall. I distinctly remember this, number 14 overall. <laughs> And then after that, uh, I was going to go into a coaching career. So it was, it was a really long-winded thing, but but teaching and coaching is where I was going to end up after my MBA playing career. Unfortunately, um, none of those first two things worked out. I was not a point guard at Duke University and did not um, get drafted by the Miami Heat, unfortunately. 
but teaching and, and uh, coaching is what I uh, ended up getting into. So I know you've told the story before about your uh, call of duty uh, call that you got um, from from your uh, first principal and your first job. Mine, yes. was, mine was sort of similar to that. Uh, there's no call of duty is going on, but I actually graduated in the fall uh, from UG. I had finished my student teaching in the fall and the jobs were not really uh, open going into that spring. And so I was doing a little bit of subbing, trying to do some sub work on the side and I uh, got a random call from a sub coordinator at the school that I had went to. And he said, Hey, I've got a half time uh, or par- half day sub job on a Friday afternoon. And I said, you know, sure, I'll, I'll come in and take it. And he said, we'll come in a little bit early and we'll have lunch together. Never met the man before. And uh, so he called me in and we ate lunch together and we talked for the 30 minutes of lunch. And then I went on and subbed in like a business class the rest of that day and uh, didn't think anything about it. It's the only day that I subbed um, at that school and then uh, went through the entire summer, got a couple of interviews and did not uh, land anything. And then uh, six days into the school year, he called me out of the blue. He remembered the lunch conversation that we had. I uh, remember that I was a social studies teacher and aspiring to have one. He said, you know, I've got a long-term sub position that is open and it might turn into a real job. So if you are interested, then, you know, you should come in here tomorrow. And so I showed up and a week and a half later, they hired me full-time. That is, that is awesome. Yeah. It's uh, I love talking to teachers and hearing those stories because so many of them have these just interesting stories. Most teachers don't just go up to a school, knock on the door and hand them their application and get a job. There's, there's always this interesting sort of background story with teachers. That is, that is very cool. And I, and I love you mentioned my call of duty story because that is every time I tell, I love telling that story because I personally think it's hilarious. Um, and I've seen my, uh, my principal had hired me, uh, in my first job several times since then. And I always bring it up that, that it still cracks me up to this day, uh, that, uh, that I was sitting on the couch playing Call of Duty and she was asking if I was still looking for a job. But I'm thinking, you have no idea. <laughs> well, the, fun, the the funny thing is, you know, you went ended up going the middle school route and I student taught in the middle school and turned down multiple interviews at middle schools after that because I, I realized in my two and a half months of middle school student teaching that that was not going to be the life for me. And so I, I turned that one down. Uh, I, I love the, the middle school teachers are so passionate at what they do. It was just not not an age that was, that was meant for me. And so high school was the route that I ended up going, but uh, more power to all those middle school teachers that are out there though. It's definitely an interesting age for sure. But I always tell people seventh grade was my jam. I will, I will say that (laughs) seventh grade kids was like this perfect balance of they still, at least the first half of the year Mm -hmm. towards the end of the year, they get too cool. But in the beginning of the year, they like still think the teacher's cool, still love the teacher. You still get cool Christmas gifts, right? (laughs) And then they still laugh at your jokes, though, because they're old enough to get the jokes. But they're also still kids that still think you're awesome. And then the second half of the year, they're about to be eighth graders and they they become too cool. But (laughs) but seventh grade was was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. So what are you doing now? So you you got in there, uh, got your foot in the door as a long term sub, then then hired full time. So what what do you do now? So now I am a department chair. This will be my fourth year being a department chair. Uh, I teach um, AP World History. I've done that for six years. It's going going on year seven. Uh, I'm also starting uh, to teach AP Government this year as well. It'll be my first year uh, doing that. 
Um, so I've been at my current school. This will be year eight, which is the longest that I've been at. This is my third school um, overall. Um, I actually stopped teaching for uh, two years after I started. So I got hired at the school that I went to originally. Um, I, I worked for three years there. I was coaching um, basketball and baseball. And um, that was about 11 months out of the year total. We got um, about two weeks off uh, at the end of uh, July, my first year. And my, my calendar that first year, like to keep track of everything that was going on over the summer, especially. And it was multiple times during the days, you know, where basketball in the morning, baseball in the afternoon, or vice versa, and lots of travel and things that were going in. And you know, being single at the time, that was not a, a major concern, but I think I did experience a little bit of burnout after three years, um, which I know that's usually kind of that mark that a lot of people say for the new teachers, you know, you get past that three-year mark and you're good. And so mm -hmm. uh, I quit teaching and actually went back to uh, grad school full-time at Georgia State and got a master's in sports administration. So, um, you know, when the Miami Heat thing didn't work out, I uh, try to <laughs> try to go back to the, the sports route a little bit. And so um, I did some work at Georgia Tech uh, with their football program. Uh, and then I actually had an interview with the Braves. They did, it was almost like a paid internship program that they did. Um, and they had 20 positions for a variety of different spots and uh, interviewed with them and had a phone interview, uh, which was, I found out I was one of 20 to get a phone interview. Uh, and there was like 15,000 people that applied for this job. And I was one in 20, which oh, was wow. nice. And I was, then I was one in five to get a sit down face-to-face -face interview. So I felt very accomplished out of that, but that ended up falling through. And it just so happened that uh, around that time, a good friend of mine um, got a head softball coaching job at the school that I had been at before. And uh, he called me and he asked if I would help just community coach in the uh, fall with softball. And I never done softball before, but to help him, I, I said that I would. Uh, and then a pair pro position actually opened up in their special ed department. So I ended up taking two years off, going back to the same school again, serves as a pair pro that year, uh, coach softball and then coach baseball again in the spring. We won a state championship that year playing baseball. Oh, wow. And then I left to back for a full-time teaching job again after that. So it's been uh, 10 consecutive years now back in the classroom as a teacher after that one pair pro stint. That is, if I could have told you, you basically lived the dream that I had, right? The idea of, of being involved in sports. I remember I went to, if you had named a college in Georgia other than tech and UGA, I'd probably be able to say, yeah, I took a couple classes there. Uh, <laughs> I went about everywhere and then, and then sold cars to try to, you know, pay the bills in the meantime. And, Man, I was dreaming. Man, maybe I could get a job with the Braves or the the Hawks or the Falcons. Or you know, there's lots of stuff that I could do down there. So that is uh, that is the path I would have dreamed of taking. Uh, but uh, but that is that is awesome. You got to experience that at Tech and and get your feet wet there with with the, some of the stuff you did uh, in preparation with the Braves. That is that is super super cool. So all that stuff that you did obviously helped you in getting ready for back into teaching and then back into into coaching. Is there are you still coaching now or are you, are you just doing, doing classroom? 
No. So since I've uh, come back and transitioned in the department chair role, um, plus the multiple APs, I have not been uh, coaching over for the last few years. Um, that might be something that I get back into later on, but right now um, with four young kids at home, it takes up quite a bit of time uh, each day. So I have coached some uh, t-ball and youth baseball a little bit on the side. So uh, we won't talk about my injury that I sustained this last uh, this last season, but um, other otherwise, that's the only thing I've been doing. I was about to say, if people check your Twitter timeline, they might they might find uh, find some evidence of your your. There's a dislocated shoulder picture back in there. <laughs> well, that's, that is very cool. Yeah, little ones definitely are uh, are a big big uh, deal and, and something that makes it very hard to uh, to pass up that time with to do something else. I remember it when I first got into teaching and uh, I was coaching seventh and eighth grade boys basketball and I would always notice there was, there was very few teachers over there and I was always like, where's the teachers? And I remember in, in faculty meetings, I was the new guy and I'm like, you know, it would really be great if we could get some teachers to show up at the games and support the kids. And now I look back at it like, what a dummy. Like these, <laughs> these teachers were giving it all day long and they had little kids at home at the time I didn't. They had kids at home that they were running to get home to. And, uh, and I would have been doing the same thing. So I, I really need to apologize to all those teachers that I gave a hard time to for not showing up to, uh, to sporting events because it, uh, it is a huge commitment for sure. But, well, let's jump into a little, little bit of sort of what you're doing now with education. I know uh, that you're, you're dabbling in the online world. You taught this summer uh, teaching online some. You taught last school year uh, with doing some online learning with social studies. And I know you're sort of new to it. So what are what are some things you sort of learned from from teaching online that maybe you can transition into your classroom setting or even things that you found that were successful online uh, that maybe other teachers could use as as they maybe start this next school year online possibly? Sure. Yeah, I actually feel really fortunate uh, that I started teaching online in January of 2020. Um, I got nine weeks of online teaching in before uh, COVID hit. Uh, so I had like a nine week head start on most of my colleagues for teaching <laughs> online and preparing for that. So it's actually really very helpful uh, to jump in. Um, and it's it's really ironic because I'd finished my I think we f- we finished our specialist right at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. I got mine in instructional technology like you did and uh, finished that up and then jumped like right into the online stuff the the next semester. Um, I think that what I found in those first nine weeks that really helped me transition the rest of the year and then I think helped me throughout all of last year as well, too. uh, Number one was just to have a consistency for the students. So um, especially after COVID hit and and we were out and online for the rest of the year, um, every single day, kids would come in, they would log in and they would see the exact same thing. It would be a video from me with my face on it, not not a good look for some people to start their day. Um, but you know, sometimes I might have one of the kids in the video with me. I give them a 45 second clip of here's what we're doing. Here's what you can expect. Um, and, and that every single day I made that video for each of my classes that I did. And, uh, just having that consistency students told me later was, was a, a tremendous help for them, uh, you know, to, to be able to see that and knowing, you know, roughly what they're doing each day, they, they would, have an idea of what was coming up. And and then I use that a lot. The following year, as we transitioned back, I was teaching two uh, online courses um, last school year. And, uh, you know, again, it would be 
a little bit different because they would have the whole week instead of the day-to-day that we had in the spring of 2020. You know, it'd be a whole week, mostly asynchronous with some synchronous stuff that was going on in between. But it's just a consistency. You know, things were set up the same way every week. Students knew what to expect. Um, and, and I think that in turn, that made them more comfortable with it. Um, and, and more than anything, you know, you want to have your students comfortable in what they're doing in the classroom, feel comfortable um, in the, the educational setting that they're in. And so, you know, that was a great transition, things that I would probably be doing in my face-to-face classes anyways that I just used online. So <laughs> I, I love the idea of creating stuff, right? And you mentioned you were making making those videos to start each day. What I know some teachers are going to hear that and go, oh my gosh, he was making videos. He must have had like a, you know, this video room set up and doing like major editing on the side. I mean, maybe had an intern working for you. Right. What? <laughs> tell me sort of the process to make, make that video. Was it hard to do? What'd you upload it to just to give uh, some of our teachers listening, maybe a little background on, on how they could quickly make a video like that to, to have that personal touch with, with their students. Sure. Yeah. Uh, definitely not elaborate uh, in any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, most days my, my lighting was not very good. I learned that my lighting probably should be better. So I try to use a lot of natural light on my back porch um, was one thing that I found. Um, but honestly, I, I just used a cell phone. I flipped it around and I recorded myself and then I uploaded to YouTube. And I, I just created my own YouTube channel, sent the link out, and that was it. I mean, it, it was nothing that was elaborate. I tried to just keep it as simple as I could and I would just embed the YouTube into the whatever activity that they had for that day. So it was the first thing that they would see um, every day. So, um, you know, could I have gotten a lot fancier with things? Absolutely. But um, honestly, the timing, especially in that spring, it was, you know, uh, whatever that I could get across to them in, in a short amount of time is, is what I kind of used to work with. As, that is perfect. And that, uh, I knew you were going to say that, but I wanted to make sure that uh, that as teachers, we understand it doesn't have to be this, you know, elaborate production, you know, kids are watching stuff on, on TikTok and YouTube of somebody walking around holding, I'm holding my arm out. Like people can see me (laughs) holding their arm out, recording themselves, walking around, talking about stuff. And kids are sitting there watching that. I mean, good gracious. My, uh, my buddy's kids watch YouTube of kids playing with toys. Yes. Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't have to be this elaborate thing. Exactly what Bo is talking about, right? You can turn that phone around record yourself talking, uh, share your personality in that video and, uh, and make that connections with kids. It, that's, you know, when you're in the online setting, it, it helps add that personal touch. So that is, that is awesome that you were taking the time to do that. Um, and awesome that your kids left you feedback to tell you that they, that they appreciated that. It's always one of my favorite things in online courses is, is I always have put feedback things in there like you're talking about and, being able to go through and read that feedback. Of course, it's not always positive. There's things that they say, hey, this needs changed or this needs improved. But there's also a lot of positive usually. And uh, and that's always a, a good thing to go through and read. And so, to be honest with you, I have a folder where I've saved a bunch of those responses. So those, on those days when I need a little pick-me-up, mm-hmm. I can uh, I can see, hey, my kids actually really do like me. Yep. <laughs> so very cool. So one other thing that's been on my mind, I, I actually uh, – recorded an episode yesterday that'll that'll get uh, published in this season two of the show as well and asked uh, my buddy the same question. Um, the idea that's been on my brain is that, you know, we've talked to him in the past, maybe not you and I, but I say teachers in general, 
and the media have talked about how last year and the year before were just so tough on students. And I believe it was. I mean, I'm not questioning that. It was a tough time on students. It was a tough time on teachers. It was tough on parents. It was difficult just all the way around. But I think that uh, we also need to sort of prepare for this coming year because I think it's going to be a really unique and and somewhat difficult year, not because of anything about students not knowing previous stuff. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. Kids are going to learn. I'm more worried about kids that have maybe not been in the classroom for a year and a half and that idea of returning to a school, right? There's going to be kids that are uncomfortable, that are going to be nervous, that um, are going to feel out of place even. Uh, do you have any, any thoughts or ideas of, that teachers can incorporate to maybe help these kids as they're transitioning back to the classroom for the first time in a long time? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a really great question. Yeah, I think about it a lot from the younger levels. You know, I've got a uh, rising first grader and rising second grader, you know, and there, there are kids in my son's second grade class potentially coming up that may not have been in school since, you know, midway through their kindergarten year and, and you know, wow. weren't yeah. there all of first grade. And, you know, the social things that you're getting in those younger grades is, is especially uh, important. I mean, you know, my wife teaches elementary school as well. And, you know, just to, to think basic things of, you know, walking in a line, going to lunch, uh, you know, just, just little things like that, um, that kids have to kind of get back into and, and relearn. But gosh, you know, moving, moving forward for the high school uh, setting, you know, I mean, the, the social side is definitely going to be something um, to consider. Um, you know, it's one thing to sit behind a computer screen and to be looking at that. And yeah, you might be engaging with classmates or might be engaging with a teacher, but it, it's definitely, it's different uh, than, mm-hmm. than being there in person. And so, um, I don't know, maybe something, a lot of group stuff early on to get everybody kind of back uh, on square one. I do a lot of group stuff and partner things anyways, uh, you know, especially you know, just quick discussions or think pair share types of stuff. Uh, where every single day you're, you know, if you're in my room, you're talking at some point to somebody. Um, and so maybe trying to do something along those lines uh, could be helpful, I think. Um, but, I, you know, that's really probably something that might be a point of emphasis for especially my, my teachers in my department uh, as we come back together, something to, to think about. Yeah, it's, uh, like I said, it's, it's been on my on my mind a lot here the last several weeks thinking of these kids that are going to be going to be coming back. So it's uh, it's definitely going to be a, you know, so some kids prefer online, right? Some kids love that online setting. And now they think, man, I've got to go back to a classroom. Uh, it's going to be a, for some, maybe a little bit of a, of a shock to the system, but uh, yeah, definitely, definitely happy to hear. It's maybe something you guys might, might discuss and look to see how y'all can support those kids, you know, get back into the classroom for the first time. And it's, it's, it's awesome. You mentioned the social side. That's exactly what my buddy said, who, who actually teaches middle school. Uh, was was talking about you know how important that social side is for students and um, the idea of it, just as you mentioned trying to get them maybe in groups and get them talking to each other and get them uh, socializing and uh, and realizing that the the education stuff's going to come but let's get them comfortable back in the building again first and then uh, and then we can start going through some of this some of this content so uh, that is awesome uh, so last thing I always like to to mention and if if ever, people that are listening that have already heard these podcasts. You've heard this spiel before, but I'm going to say it again for anybody listening that's new. Um, I'm a big believer in, in student voice, and we talk about student voice a lot, but but we often don't talk about teacher voice. And to me, I think that's just as important because uh, as an educator, I've been burned out before. I've been in, 
uh, frustrated and, and not at my best. Uh, but I tell you, when I am at my best and when, I, when I've always been at my best is when I've had the opportunity to share my ideas, my thoughts, things I'm proud of, things I'm excited about. Uh, and that really started on my, on my website when I started, started you know, sharing that content. It really, my teaching career all of a sudden boosted and got better. So uh, I, I always like to ask teachers uh, because I want them to share their voice, uh, Bo. So what is something that you're proud of? Uh, it could be something in your personal life. It could be something in your professional life that you're passionate about, working on, proud of, excited about. Uh, what would what would you like to share? Well, I mean, there has been a recent void in the uh, sports podcast market that I might be jumping into. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I might beat you no, back I'm, into it. You never know. Yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, from from a professional uh, standpoint, I'm somebody that always likes to challenge myself with different things. Uh, you know, I took me a year and a half to get a specialist degree. And then, like I said, jumped into the online world from there. And so professionally this year, I'm taking on a challenge of a new uh, AP prep, uh, something I've never done before, which will be quite a big challenge um, in and of itself, teaching AP government um, this year. So um, that's really my, my preferred professional thing that I'm looking at. But, uh, you know, personally, my wife and I, we have uh, four young kids, uh, seven, six, three, and almost six months. So we kind of say we're, we're kind of in the trenches uh, here on, on a day-to-day <laughs> basis. So um, my daily goal with that is, is just to survive, uh, make sure that I'm raising, you know, three, you know, four kids uh, in, in the, the right way. Uh, and, and so that's a lot of what I try to do. But, um, you know, our, our day-to-day activities and things, sometimes we get bogged down, uh, you know, and, and you can't see through all the trees. Uh, so to speak, with each day. So, um, you know, I can't tell you the last um, good book that I read uh, that wasn't on like a second grade reading level right now. Um, <laughs> you know, it, it, just from from a timing standpoint, that's something that uh, that we're definitely trying to, to um, work through. And that's something that will, will be an ongoing thing for sure um, with all of us, too. But uh, just really, really proud of uh, what we're doing uh, in raising those kids right now. That is, that is awesome, man. And I am 100% there with you with my, I don't have as many as you have but with my two little ones. Uh, it is, it is something I absolutely love each and every day to be able to be able to spend with them. So, uh, being a parent is a, uh, is a special, special thing, man. So, uh, excited for you and, and love, love seeing all the stuff you share on Twitter that you and your family are doing. So, uh, excited, excited for you. Thank you. But, uh, all right, well, Bo, I really appreciate it, man. You taking the time to, uh, to share some of your thoughts and ideas, uh, as we've, you know, finished up, uh, hopefully finished up COVID and, and going into uh, putting air quotes out here, a normal school year this year. Let's hope. Uh, and, uh, and a huge thank you, man, to you for, for the past year and a half and what you've endured through and what you have, uh, uh, been successful through. Right. I, I think, uh, we sometimes don't take take a second to sit down and reflect, man. But you should be uh, just as all other teachers should be very proud of of what you have uh, accomplished over the past year and a half. Uh, you know, not giving up on kids, realizing that uh, you know this is going to come to an end, and and, and those kids are still going to need need their teachers there for them and uh, for for supporting and teaching and uh, and caring for those students, man. Uh, a huge thank you from me. I 
uh, as, as everybody else should be standing up and applauding, applauding all you've done and all our teachers have done. So thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but if, if anybody is listening and they say, Hey, this boat guy sounds pretty awesome. And you know what? You didn't even drop any, uh, any public content. There's no, no messaging. Didn't. Yeah. Well, which, yeah. Uh, that messaging is definitely gonna be out there. They can find me on Twitter. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's Bo Bryson, B R I S O N underscore W F H S. Uh, there's going to be some public's content on there quite a bit that they can get uh, plenty of. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll save any of those references, um, for, for that. Um, but you know, shopping is a pleasure. <laughs> I like that, uh, drop it in there at the end. That's perfect. Well, thank you again, Bo, and, uh, look forward to talking with you soon. I appreciate it. Thank you. Huge thank you again to Bo for joining us this week and sharing his story about education. As I went through there and edited that podcast, uh, I had a huge smile on my face as I was going through just listening to Bo tell stories and uh, explain sort of his background in education. Uh, It's evident and clear as you listen. He has just such a passion for students, passion for education, and most importantly, I'm sure he would tell you a passion for his family. So huge thank you again, Bo, for, uh, for taking the time to join the show and sharing your story. If you're a teacher and you've been listening and you think, you know what, I've got a story I'd like to share. I've got experience in education that others could could learn from, and you do, then please reach out and message me. You can find me at teachandcoachga or on the website, teachandcoachga.com. And I'll include all that information down in the show notes so you can find it easily. But I'd love to have you on the show to share your experiences and your story in education because you never know what teacher out there could really benefit from what you're doing. Also, a huge thank you to our sponsor this week, S'more.com. If you aren't using S'more, you need to be. S'more allows you to create amazing and engaging newsletters that you can send home to your stakeholders. Keep them informed about what's going on in the school year. I've used S'more for basically the entire time I've been in education, sending home newsletters and information to parents. One of my favorite things to do is to use S'more and send home an exemplar, exemplar student work. Uh, or examples of projects that students have been working on. And as a former high school teacher, I always ama- was amazed that stakeholders would say that they hadn't seen their student work since elementary school. So this was a huge deal to them to be able to see what their their uh, their students were doing and helped create some conversations around the dinner table in the evening time. Because now they, instead of asking, hey, you know, what'd you do today at school? They could actually pinpoint something that they were, that they were doing in my classroom and actually have a conversation about it. So really is a great thing for uh, for stakeholders, something that they love. So check out s'more.com. And remember, they do have that sale coming up. If you do jump on board with S'more, which I highly encourage you to, message them afterwards and let them know that you heard about it on Teach and Coach GA podcast. And they'll load you up with some S'more swag. Thank you again for listening. I look forward to sharing more stories with you next week. If you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. And tell another teacher about it. Let them know the amazing stories you're hearing on the Teaching Coach GA podcast. Thank you again for listening and have a great week. Music from bensound.com and called Sunny.